Welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is your main man of the half an hour to 35 minutes. How long I want to make this out to be? This is the Crazy Dre Podcast Show. Yes, I said that twice. I said that twice. Uh, A.K.A. Crazy Crockett, A.K.A. Andre's Podcast. You can find me on Spotify. You can find me on Apple Podcasts. You can also email me at crazydrepodcastshow at gmail.com. You can put your input. You can disagree. I don't care. I'm doing this podcast for people with disability, people like me, um, people that have opinions. And I know that we're not supposed to have opinions because we're supposed to be happy to be alive and just sitting around and hoping for the best. And one day Jesus will save us and something will make us better, but it's not possible. So instead, I am focusing on just making things a lot more uh, everyday life for a person with with disability or experiencing life as a disabled person. Uh, As most of you know that I am a sports guy as well. I just don't like to talk about being disabled. I do like to talk a little bit about politics and um, what's going on on um, domestic events or worldwide events at times. haven't really talked about worldwide events because... I'm not a professional uh, politician. I'm not a. I'm not an ambassador for anybody in this country, but I am an ambassador for maybe some of you people out there who are disabled. And um, but I, I'm going to talk about kind of this thing about sports. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Michigan, Michigan State game over the weekend on uh, on October 30. Which is actually six years, the anniversary of my OWI. So now that you know that about me, so so I've been relatively better at what I do. I'm not drinking and driving. I'm not doing that type of stuff. Um, but I am. To make it long, to make a long story short, I learned my lesson. I. I'm much more responsible for my own actions, and I'm still in the process of learning. So, saying that, we'll go back to the Michigan, the Michigan, Michigan State game, and I find it, I find it fascinating that 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 Michigan State um, didn't have a really great running game, didn't have a really great passing game. Their whole year was that they've been struggling. The whole year, they lost their running back from last year. Uh, they made a comeback against Michigan. Uh, the running back, I think his name was Walker, ran for five touchdowns in the second half of 2021. 2022, it's a whole different story. We have a better running back. We have a better quarterback that's been around for a couple of years. We have wideouts that can actually catch a football, run routes. Our tight ends are really, really, really good. Uh, um, Michigan football is basically the nitty-gritty run between the tackles. Um, The running back that we have now, it's very, he's very elusive, very well-rounded athlete. Uh, He he happens to, to evade tackles, and that's, an awesome thing. But as the game went on 
as uh, as uh, as the second half started, Michigan started to to get their way, to start pushing Michigan State around a little bit, made them feel at home at Michigan. Uh, the fan base is over a hundred thousand, so the fan base got into them a little bit. But I will say this. After the game, as most of you know, there were five athletes from Michigan State that attacked two athletes from Michigan. And this has never happened before. And it's a very, very commonplace now for a lot of these athletes to to, to um, not hold their emotions that well and really be able and, and are not able to be emotionally responsible in that moment. Um, this is a process that we need to really understand that a lot of these athletes, especially a lot of these black athletes, this is the one way ticket to paradise. This is the only way out, which in my opinion is still the worst, is still one of the, maybe not the worst thing that could happen, but I don't really think it's a productive way of looking at life. I think I think there's a lot of things going on. I think that, of course, through history, African Americans, the black community have been derailed by the government or some form of state government uh, by 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 having them to be the poorest of the poor in their own communities. Um, but in reality. This is a phenomenon that's kind of not gotten, it has never improved from the 1968 riots that happened in Chicago. And from that point on, I think a lot of things got a lot worse. And, and where you, if you have a bunch of kids, a bunch of young adults, playing football just so that they can make it to the NFL and not just to enjoy the sport. Their perspective of reality is is unreal. It's not it's like looking at a pretty girl on Instagram and not realizing that she does this for everybody. So for these black athletes, seeing all these athletes who've made it to the NFL that's not real because only 1% of those guys made it. So out of all, all those guys that you see on TV and all those guys that you see on, on, a, on a sports card, on tops or whatever sports card that you collect, that's one out of a million. But that's not what I'm trying to make an argument against or for. I'm just saying that if you look at the white community most white people are not even thinking about becoming an athlete most white people are not even thinking about uh, becoming a like a, an entertainer they're just not they're they know that their best friend and is really good at basketball or football or or, or golf and he may and he may get a scholarship for college but most of us know that our best friend is not going to make the pros. Where that's the totally opposite thing. 
where a lot of African Americans, they have maybe 10 and 5 guys that they hang out with who are really good basketball players. But if you if you take the numbers of those five guys within the within the country, they're less than half percent of ninety nine or hundred percent. And but the difference says those five guys from the neighborhood who are great basketball players or great football players, those people in that neighborhood actually think that they're gonna make it. And they don't have a really set goal planned for for a second career. Now, people are going to argue me argue argue with me and say, well, so and so, Greg Anthony from Duke, and he was an NBA player in the nineties. He went back to school and got college educated and he's doing a phenomenal job in his career. But that's Greg Anthony. And he's one in a million to do that. But in, in reality we don't look at, as me, as a disabled person, I knew I was never going to make the NBA. I knew I was never going to be a professional football player or professional basketball player. But I can still enjoy the game for what it is or what it, what it is supposed to be. But I've never, ever in my lifetime said, well, if the, the problem that I'm trying to say is this is that our economy doesn't fit well for poor people. And for poor people who are white or black, they're, they're basically cornered into a, into a cell block where they either make it to the NFL, they make it to the NBA, or they go to, to become a, a homeless person, or they become some sort of a petty thief person because most people don't kill people most most people who are homeless most people who are who are in prison don't kill they usually do petty crimes they steal they 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 do some form of abusive act on somebody but they never kill somebody but my point is that, I mean, you just have to understand that, that, that these guys from Michigan State, so-called, ruin their careers, most likely. So, but this is the case that ESPN and Fox Sports and all these uh, anti-black athlete uh, uh, propaganda guys that say about... Uh, African-American people and say, well, he just ruined his career and he's over. He's done. Well, in reality, if he didn't make it to the NFL, his career would have been over. But we don't, we don't try to make things better for everybody. When I say this again, where I say like white people, white kids, when they know that Tommy is a great basketball player or Tommy is a great baseball player, and he's going to college, we all think that he's not going to make it. So we don't think of him as a heroic personality in, in our neighborhood. We just don't. But we know Tommy's pretty smart. So Tommy can go to college or Tommy can, can get a degree and do something with his life. And I wish sometimes that sports, especially with black athletes, I wish they would, 
I wish they were would uh, promote the athletes who 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 used to be in the NFL that used to be good at baseball or basketball and started their own careers or their own businesses. I wish they would promote those guys to be in the front line of advertisement for the NBA, for the NFL, and to do that type of promotion. So young black men need to see older black men who used to play the NFL and say, hey, this is so-and-so. I used to play the NFL from 2001 to 2007. I've won a Super Bowl with with Tom Brady and the New, New England Patriots. I left the sports media. I left the sports uh, uh, archaic, arcade uh, platform. I've left that, that social environment. But this is what I do. I'm a doctor, I'm a judge, I'm a, I'm a firefighter, I'm a teacher, I'm something that is really relevant to, the, to, to, to today's environment, where we need to stop promoting African Americans just as athletes. There's more to life than being an athlete. There's more to life than being a hip-hop artist. There's just is. And I, it sounds very kind of, kind of sounds like I'm being a dick or a jerk about it. Or it may even sound like I'm being a racist about it. But my perspective is based on like the Malcolm X point of view. So if I was an African-American man, it totally would make sense. But because I'm a white crippled guy and I reference Malcolm X, it sounds like what? It sounds ludicrous. It sounds crazy. Because not only do I sound like I'm anti-white America, I'm also sounding like a, like a petty little uh, Malcolm X fan base. Because I don't know what it's like to be black. I don't. I've had black friends, and I've been pulled over with my black friends, and yeah, they get judged pretty harshly. But it's amazing that... My reference space is based on Malcolm X. So when I say about Malcolm X, I mean like his reference to successful African-Americans is to be self-employed, to work with each other, to work for each other, to create communities that are safe in their communities that bring up young and old black folks. And some people would say, that, that, that sounds like segregation. But it, it is kind of like segregation. He was kind of saying that. Because a lot of people don't realize that the Dutch and the Jews and the Muslims, they all integrate to their own communities. They do. The Jewish communities stick with each other. The, the Christian community move within each other. The, the, the Islam group, Muslim group people move in with each other. In, in Michigan, we have Dearborn, Michigan, and the population of people who are Muslims are, are like 95% of the people who live there are Muslims. And if you go to Holland, Michigan, a bunch of Dutch Christians live there. 
and I don't think we have a huge uh, base of 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 the Jewish community in Michigan because it's they never ever. I don't think they ever came to. I don't think they ever came to Michigan to start a community. They went to New York, New Jersey. They went to those type of communities first. But, but, but what I'm saying is, like Malcolm X was kind of right. Like you're going to have to create your own community to make things a lot better. Like you're going to, like my belief is his belief in saying, well, the black community needs to create more cops, have more police officers who are black, more firefighters who are black, more judges who are black, more uh, defense attorney lawyers who are black, more prosecution lawyers who are black. Everything has to be in that kind of community so that the judgment in that community is based on the community of the people who are going to be at, in court. And not to say it's a separation, the, the Constitution and the Supreme Court and the, the, all the 27 amendments fit in for all people. It's not segregated. It's not supposed to be segregated for just the whites or just for the blacks or just for the Native Indians or the Asians. It's for all people. So if someone does a heinous crime in Holland, Michigan, and majority of the people are white, and the person happens to be white, he's going to be judged by his peers. And same thing should kind of go in case of the black community, where you're going to be judged within your own community and your own uh, peers. But that's such a far stretch of what I'm trying to say here. As I take a drink of my tea. Because everything I'm saying, everything I'm saying, it sounds really bad. It really does. But people really don't talk about it. If you go around America, if you go around to all the successful white communities, what makes them, well, what makes them successful? It's the fact that they have one belief system. They might be all Jewish or all Christians or all Muslims. And if you go to an unsuccessful environment, the high crime rate is what? It's because less jobs, less education. But in reality, I'm not the smartest man in the world. I have my diploma, but I'm not that smart. Like, I go to work every single day, and people say, why don't you go to college? Well, I had a some form of a learning disability. So for some reason, I wasn't able to retain information and memorize it. A lot of people are really good at memorizing, and some people are not. But it takes me a while to learn something that is brand new to me. And if I get lost, like, for example, if it's from, like, math, if it's algebra and it's new calculus and all this stuff, it would take me forever. And I'm not saying I learned calculus, but if I went from from simple math into algebra to geometry, I would get confused. I did when I was younger. In that case, a lot of the times 
in school systems, that is the problem. Is that you don't have a lot of teachers who know how to teach people different ways to learn math and different ways to learn science and uh, ways to teach people how to write proper sentences. And it's really, if it, it, it's really a bad case in, the, in a lot of the bigger cities or the cities where a lot of poor blacks and poor whites live. You see this everywhere. I live in parts of Grand Rapids where, where all you see is very unhealthy whites and blacks walking among each other. And they all get along with each other. There's no friction with each other because they're all poor. But the real big issue that I have isn't the fact that they're poor. It's the fact that they go to a Christian-based uh, homeless shelter, and it seems like nothing ever gets done. You know, if you if you take in a hundred homeless men and they're white and black, and you never work on their state IDs, you never try to find a way to get their identification numbers and their identification state IDs and their social security numbers, they they can never leave. Do you understand that? That's the process that we're living in. Homeless shelters don't, in my case, when I see around me, they don't find a way to help Tony or Tommy or Susie or or Jermaine, or Antoine, or whoever his name is, to get their stay IDs and then properly identify them and then properly figure out which person has a disability, which person is a addic- has an addiction problem, which person is very intelligent but never had a chance in life because of the situation that he's lived in, which person has got the possibility to relearn and relive his life and it doesn't happen i mean if you if you're a place where you take money from the homeless so that they can sleep in your facility and then you kick them out and they don't really kick them out anymore but but then you have them leave or they leave them on their own and the last two dollars that they had, they have to find another way to get two more dollars for the next night. Which you think that's really motivation, but if they don't have state IDs and they don't have social security numbers because someone stole it from them or they lost it and they never had it, that's a that's a huge problem. Because all you're doing is making them go on back in the street. Actually, they sit at this park, which is supposed to be a park for, for for neighborhood kids and neighborhood moms and dads who have who can cook and who can grill on the who can grill, and you can play basketball or 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 frisbee golf. But you know what? That whole park is occupied by people who are either homeless or don't have a job. And they sit there in the summertime from April to October from 7 o'clock in the morning till 9 or 6 o'clock at night. And if someone doesn't figure this out, that they need a state IDs and they need 
a way to to apply for work, they're never going to leave. But that's the whole purpose of this homeless shelter is that they never leave. Because if they don't ever leave, then they're never going to make money ever again. So if it's a nonprofit organization that makes $17 million, you can look at this online. I, 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 I encourage everyone that listens to this, go to any, any web browser, find a nonprofit organization for the homeless that makes $17 million on nonprofit. And that money is really not put into the place to find or get state IDs and find work placement for the homeless. It's really placed for that high anarchy moment for the presidents and the CEOs and the managers and the, all these office people, who all the accountants. That's where the majority of the money is going. Now, they say, of course, they say that they are doing work inside of, of of the of the homeless shelter so it's much more presentable for the homeless but what makes more presentable for the homeless is what is to find a way to get their stay stay ids to to find a way to get their social security numbers and then and then out of that facility there should be uh places where all those people can learn IT jobs. All those people can learn their their basic arithmetic. All those people can get their J, G, I, GEDs. Or you never know. You might find a guy who's in his 20s who's homeless, and he might be a freaking scientist in his head. He might be the smartest person that we ever had in Grand Rapids. But you never put it has, but you never put you you never put the advantage onto those people because you don't want them to leave. And that's the problem that we have with sports as well. So you don't want them to get smarter so they don't leave. Because I believe the smarter people are that play sports don't actually want to play sports anymore. Because smart people... Look at the liabilities. Look at the pros and the cons of sports. Do I want to suffer a concussion? Do I need to suffer a concussion? Do I need to get my knees blown out because I'm running for a football and I'm running for a team? Do I need to do I need to hurt myself to make a million dollars? Or do I get educated and work a job that's worth fifty to eighty thousand dollars a year and make a million dollars in my lifetime. Do I do that? But you know, in in some ways, I'm being contradictive because here I am, a sports fan, and I love watching sports. But in some cases, well, what happened to that Miami quarterback? I'm like, oh man, that's not cool. I mean, if I mean, but that's all he he has right now, supposedly. I know that he's got a family and he's got his mom and his dad and his brothers and people are going to look out for him. But someday, when, it is, when he retires in five, six years, he's always going to have those type of brain injuries that may be really difficult for him to, 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 to move on without, 
to move on. I mean, that's what makes, I think that's what makes white people and black people different about sports. White people have the pros and cons, and, and black folks have their pros. And then whenever they deal with it, the cons, they're just like, oh, I'll get to that point when I get to there. If I have a concussion or if I blow my knee out, so be it. But in reality, no one really has a good game plan for it. So the culture of sports or where we're supposed to be as, at this point is that sports is supposed to be fun and it's not real. It's just, a, it's just the last course of what testosterone really means for us. So for all the men that can't play sports, we live through athletes who can do that who can play sports, but, in re, but, but, but these athletes need to really think about, you don't have to play sports. You really don't. And for those five guys from Michigan State, man, I wish, as a Michigan fan, I wish you guys could turn back the clock and control your anger. And, and when guys like you who have never been taught that it's just a game, that there's more to life than football, that you can make it without playing a single sport, they would, they would have never done it. They just would have never done it. And I'm not saying this based on if they had mom and dad or mom and dad or dad or whatever, but emotional is their emotions got out of control because they have never experienced a loss like that. Now they've lost games before, but now this game is such more prominent. And, and now, and now they may lose their whole career in sports. But in reality, you know, you would, I would tell them this. This is what I would tell them as if I was a lawyer or if I was any part of Michigan State um, administrative office, I would say this. I would, I would forfeit your college degree. I mean, I would forfeit your college football, but you're more than welcome to stay at Michigan State to get your degree because I think that's the responsibility of the school as well. And no, I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm probably, I'm totally wrong about this, but I really do think that, that, that for some reason, you know, I just, it's a bummer. It's a bummer because it's, it's just a game. And it's something that you have to realize as the order, the order you get, you understand that the guys that you watch are kids, especially college football. It's just kids. They're just kids. And they win and they lose, and sometimes you're going to lose to Ohio State 10 years in a row. But I always had a smile on my face. And it happens. It really does happen. You can lose to a team, to your arch rival, 10 years in a row because that's what happened to Michigan. So just, just remember, I guess the message of it is, is this. If, you're, if you feel like this is the only way that you can get out 
is sports or music, someone's teaching you the the wrong course of life. If you, if someone's teaching you that you can only get out of poverty of sports and music and then you have to become a criminal, that's just BS. That really is. So thank you for listening to my podcast. I know it's like 32 minutes long. I always go longer than I want to because there might be a commercial break. But if you like listening to podcasts, this is the, the Crazy Dre podcast show. You can find me on Apple. And you can find me on Spotify. You can find me on other bus sprouts, uh, avid, uh advertisements of their other podcasts that they distribute podcast shows uh crazy dre podcast show at gmail.com you can listen to me there no not listen you can email me email email me there losing my pronunciations but all right folks take care love and peace